And that's the beauty of Virgin Most Powerful Radio today. Since the podcasts are archived, you can listen anytime on our smartphone app. I know how listening to Catholic audio can bring you closer to Christ and His Church. So I encourage you to visit the App Store or go to vmpr.org and download the app today. It just might change your life. I'm Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. My brother Jesse's on the way to the airport in a car. Uh, you can't keep the guy down. He's, uh, I'm, I'm amazed on his uh, t- tenacity and his zeal for saving souls through the preaching of the gospel. Jesse, are you there, brother? Yeah, brother, okay. I'm here. Good. I'm on my way to the airport yep. right now. Good. Well, listen, we're going to be talking about the pastoral letter from Bishop Strickland just issued on September 12th. It's a great letter. We call him America's Bishop. We're also going to be talking about a Nobel winner. He's refuting the climate change narrative and points out the ignored factor. And I think this is uh, just good for you to have and all that. Also, Jesse, I want to reach out to our people. We're doing lots of apostolic work. I'm going to be talking about the October 2nd event where we're going to go to Tyler, Texas and pray outside the cathedral of Bishop Strickland. And not, so we're going to be praying and making reparation and prayers for his staying in as the Bishop of Tyler, because I think that's the best thing we can do is pray. And if you can't join us and you want to help us with a donation, because we're in need of donations right now, you can donate to virginmostpowerfulradio.org on our website, or you can call us at 877-526-215. You can even call me after the show on my cell, and I'll love to take your donation. I'll tell you what we're doing. It's uh, 661-972-7872. Jess, also, uh, Archbishop Vigano for the Good to Know file, he's uh, been really active. He's saying that banning abortion is essential to stopping the New World Order uh, subservient to Satan. I think we've been saying that for a while, too, that if you don't stop the the killing of the innocent life, millions a year year all over the world, um, you know, that's feeding Satan's power because he uh, looks at that as a real um, good thing to see people killing their offspring. So we got to step down on that one. 100%. Yeah. 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 The the abortion is a, it's a demonic industry. Mm -hmm. And every time an abortion, a baby's murdered, that's a blood sacrifice to Satan. And who am I quoting? Satanists and witches themselves. That's, that's their theology. They right. say it's a blood sacrifice to Satan. And this is why there's so much evil in our society, because, again, these killing centers called abortion mills yeah. continue to operate under the Democrat Party and, uh, and the rest of society. We're paying a price for it. Yeah. And, Jesse, you're, you're nailed it. And we're going to talk a little bit about the pastoral letter, but I just got notice about Mother Miriam 
and she's in the Tyler Diocese. She's going to join us in prayer on the 2nd of October outside the cathedral, and we're going to be making reparation to keep Bishop Strickland the bishop of Tyler, and I call him America's bishop. So that's all good. Just this is a special feast day, and we're going to get into that, but unless you've got anything else on our need-to-know file, let's go on with the gospel if we could. Unless you... I just have one thing, sure. one thing on our need-to-know file. Yeah. Terry, you know that group that went over to Los Angeles, the Sissies of Perpetual of Adults? Of course, we were all there for that, yeah, well, making reparation, yeah. Well, one of their active mem- one of the active yep. members of the Sissies yep. of Perpetual Indulgence, yep. uh, it's, all over, it's all over the news cycle. It is, it is. Uh, th- yeah, this is a group of predominantly homosexual men who openly mock the Catholic faith. Yeah. One of the main leaders was arrested in California last month for indecent exposure. Yep. I won't get into what he No, he was doing, doing he he was doing bad things, but the Dodgers should be embarrassed to to honor these people. I I yeah. almost want to ask people to call the Dodgers and say, "Do you get it now why we were there?" Continue, Jess. And ter- and and this is uh, again in in public mm-hmm. committing indecent exposure for yep. 1 hour. Yeah. And he was he was arrested by Humboldt County Sheriff's Department. Good for them. Yeah. All right. Well, now the the good news. Just let's not forget that the month of September is dedicated to the seven sorrows of Mary. Right. And devotion d- devotion to the seven sorrows of the Virgin Mary. Mm. It goes back to the 12th century, and uh, and according to church tradition, because Our Lady stood at the foot of the cross in John 19. Yeah. She went through different sorrows as she saw her son Jesus Christ agonizing and hanging on the cross. Right. And so. At that moment, she merited different things, and one of the things that she merited at the foot of the cross was the ability to reveal hidden things, and so she knows them more than anybody else except for God uh, uh, because of her closeness to God. And so that's why Simeon said that uh, when your sword is pierced, uh, the thoughts of many will be laid bare. Father Ripperger says that Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, that title. you pray to her, she will reveal to you the, your sins, your defects and imperfections that you have to work on, wow. and the sins of your family that you have to work on. So I, I just finished a, a nine-day Our Lady of Sorrows rosary asking her, uh, Mother Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows, show me my defects and my imperfections yep. that I need to work That's... on, and show me whatever generational demon is afflicting my family so I can continue praying against that. So Awesome, uh, yes. Yeah, that's, yes, let me, that's all, Terry. Let me read the gospel, and you give the commentary since you're on your way to the airport. Sure. So yep. let's get some soul food in. It's, it's a beautiful gospel, Luke chapter 6, verse 20 to 26. Raising his eyes towards his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are weeping, for you will laugh. <laughs> Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. But woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, 
for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you. Oh my gosh. For their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Just go through one of those blessed. I mean, they're, they're powerful. A couple of things that yeah. uh, jump out that just jump out at me yeah. here. Yeah, I love it when a Catholic priest, um, when during the consecration yeah. period, they raise their eyes up. Oh yeah. You know, I've seen like I know yes. I know Father Steve Throne. He comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Bob Guerin. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strictly does the same you know, thing. My pastor, father. Yep. Yeah. When they when they when they raise up the Eucharist, they raise their head up and they're looking towards the sky, exactly. towards heaven. That that's the very first verse that you just read there. Yep. Yep. It talks about Jesus raising his eyes towards his disciples. Jesus said. Yep. Something else very interesting. Some people wonder. So are people going to have emotions in heaven? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Today, Terry, what you just read right now. Yes. What are people going to be doing in heaven? And I like this, by the way. I'm going to really enjoy heaven yeah. because. In heaven, there's laughter. Exactly. You just read it. Yep. Blessed, are, blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. He's talking about in heaven, you're going to laugh perpetually. I can't wait to get there, Terry, because <laughs> I love to laugh. It makes me feel I good. I, of I course feel, it does. I, I release all kinds of endorphins. Of course you do. Something, something else that jumps out at me here. Tell me, bro. But woe to you who are rich. The word woe in Hebrew is a, is a covenant curse. So God is saying... Cursed be you. Now, it's not a curse to be rich, but unfortunately what happens is most rich people make money the center of their life, yep. and God has, nothing, has no part in their life. And so if, 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 if you're rich and money becomes the be-all and the end-all of your life, uh, they, you, better, you better pay attention to what Jesus said today. Now, there's many rich people that are, have Christ as the center of their life, and they're generous with their money. Right. So wealth doesn't exclude you from heaven. Idolatry does. Yes. Whatever you put in the way of Jesus, money, you know, whatever it is, whatever, sports, whatever gets in the way of Jesus, that becomes idolatry. And that's what, what Christ is saying today to us. Jesse, there's a couple more, and we're going to go a little longer on this because it's so it's a summary. Of what it's a real gospel teaching here. Blessed are you when yeah. people hate you, what? And when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as Loyal evil boy. on the account of the Son of Man. Give us we're living that right now, Terry. Exactly. In America. In right. America, the woke left right now. Yep. They're going after patriots, conservatives, and people of faith. Yep, that's right. They hate us. Yep. And they have, they have a lot of positions of power right yep. now. But ultimately, remember, just like it says today, uh, you know, uh, woe to you that are persecuted for Jesus' namesake. What's going to happen? What's the result of that? If we persevere, the kingdom of heaven will be ours. We will be forever with Jesus. Because the persecution in this world, it's going to end one day. Exactly. When Jesus comes back, it's going to end. Or when you die, it's going to end. The fact is, Evil in this world is not going to be forever. It has its time step. There's an expiration date. When Christ <laughs> comes back, it's over for these evil these evil doers. Or when you die, it's over. So until we die and heart, our heart stops, let's keep on persevering to the end and keep our eyes on Jesus and keep our hands to the plow and don't look back. Like Lot's wife, it didn't turn out too good for Lot's wife. She turned to salt. Amen, Jesse. I love it. We come back. We're going to talk about Fulton Sheen, how he ties this in. That's who we worship. I'm holding the crucifix for those on YouTube. 
That's who we worship. Stay focused on Jesus in spite of bad example in our church today. Wow, we're going to be talking about Archbishop, excuse me, Bishop Joseph Strickland, America's bishop, his latest pastoral letter, and much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. And again, if you'd like to help us financially, we need some help right now. Call us at 877-526-2150 or go online to vmpr.org. And I appreciate ahead of time any donation you make would go well. We'll be right back with much more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin, most powerful radio. Family. Welcome back indeed to the Terry and Jesse Show. I forgot today's feast day, St. John Chrysostom. Bishop and doctor of the church, he lived way back in 349 to 407. That was when the Arian heresy was going on. About 80% of the bishops were heretics. And I think it's appropriate because that gospel that Jesse just gave about blessed are they, this man uh, died in exile. Why? Because he preached the truth. He, there were people in the church who hated him. I look at it this way as Strickland is a very similar bishop right now because he's preaching orthodoxy, and there are people in the church in the Vatican who think he needs to be removed, and I say no. Now, one thing he did say, Jesse, and we all talked about this over the years, about hell being paved with bishops' skulls because they were silent. They wouldn't speak up, or they would teach in, uh, teachings that were false. And uh, But the thing that Monsignor taught us today that I hadn't heard before, he also said at that time, if you were a bishop— he said, that would be like a ticket to hell because most of the bishops went along with the day and were Arians. They didn't believe what should, they should be believing. And I kind of apply that to today, Jesse, because, you know, we don't have a lot of bishops speaking out. They're silent. And I would think, and, you know, I, I have my own sins of omission that I should speak up, and, and I, I, I God have mercy on me, okay? But I say, where are the bishops right now who, who should be like Strickland speaking and summarizing the fundamentals of the faith, and they're like, they're, there's, there's not a word out of them. They're, they're just going along with whatever, you know, is comfortable. So I, I would say that we need to pray to St. John Chrysostom to intercede for us at this time of history that we will have more bold bishops like Strickland and others to stand up for the faith. Your thoughts on that, Jess? Terry, uh, St. John Chrysostom isn't the only bishop that made uh, those remarks about mm-hmm. hell being full of prelates. There's other church fathers as well. Okay. Uh, but let me offer a prayer for all our bishops. Amen. Right Let's now. do it's, it. It's today's, it's today's colic. In the name yeah. of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh God, strength of those who hope in you, who will that the Bishop St. John Chrysostom should be illustrious by his wonderful eloquence and his experience of suffering. Grant us, we pray, that instructed by his teaching, our bishops may be strengthened through the example of his invincible patience. Mm. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesse. All right, well, that's okay. enough. Go ahead, Jess. All right. Um, yeah, hit Bishop me. Strickland. Yeah. Hey, Jess, let me just get the bishop. Let me, let me get one more thing in, and then we'll get to Strickland. I forgot about sure, oh, sure. Uh, Sheen. Let's bring in the smartest guy <laughs> This is great advice. Even like we're, we're, we're making a decision to go and pray and make reparation in Tyler, Texas, October 2nd. 
Uh, Bishop Sheen says, before undertaking a task like that, great or small, here's the advice from the great bishop. He says, before making decisions, Terry, Jesse, our listeners, before beginning a journey, the humble will acknowledge their dependence on God and invoke his guidance and his blessing on all their enterprises. So what do we do? We ask God's blessing on our visit to Tyler, Texas, and our focus is to pray for our prelates that they will realize, Pope included, that it's a good move to keep Bishop Strickland in the Tyler Diocese so he can continue to preach the gospel of the Lord. And I say teach, govern, and sanctify the flock. So that's what Bishop Sheen is giving us. Now, Jess, let's get into that pastoral letter you just talked about. Go ahead. Terry, the meat of this pastoral letter yeah. is uh, Bishop Strickland. Yeah is defending the central aspect of the Catholic faith, the Holy Eucharist. You nailed it. Yeah. And I'll I'll just give an overview of the letter, then Mm -hmm. we'll just read bits of it. Yeah. He gives the Eucharistic theology of the last 2,000 years, what we as Catholics believe about the real presence of Jesus Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then he gives a couple of saints, St. Malachi, Bolachi. He gives up. Uh, he, he quotes some other saints. St. Damien, uh, yep, sure. Saint, Saint, yeah, St. Peter, Julian, Emard. Yep. And then what he does is he's saying, okay, this is what the church teaches. We, we can't violate this principle and have people receiving Holy Communion in mortal sin. Yep. And then he ends his letter by talking about where the synod of synodality is going the Synod of Synodality is, is, is on a head-on collision yeah. with 2,000 years of teaching on reception of the Holy Eucharist. That's right. That's his letter in a nutshell, but, yep. we, can, but we can go through it. Well, let's go, because here's the uh, thing. Jesse, what you just said about the Eucharist, source and summit of the Christian life, everybody knows about Father Damien. You know, he took care of the leper colony, points out, and, and single-handedly, you know, tending the physical and spiritual needs of all the community. I mean, what a great model but I love what St. Damien gave us his answer when he said, well, how can you do it? It's similar to what Mother Teresa said. He said, were it not for the constant presence of our divine master in our humble chapel, I would not have found it possible to persevere in sharing the lot of the afflict- afflicted people in Malachi. The Eucharist is the bread that gives strength. It is once the most eloquent proof of his love and the most powerful means of fostering his love in us. He gives himself every day so that our hearts are burning coals, may set a fire. Ready? The hearts of the faithful. He said the Eucharist was St. Damien's spiritual strength, and the Lord wants it to be our strength. This is what this Bishop Strickland is saying to us. And just so you know, Jess, later today at 4 o'clock, <coughs> I hope I still, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to do an hour show for next Monday, next Tuesday's show, and we're going to go with Bishop Strickland. Why he added all these things into this letter, so you're going to get down to what he has to say about uh, his pastoral letter. But Jesse, you summarized it when you said he's basically going through the fundamentals of the teachings of Christ on these topics of the Eucharist, the sacraments. He's giving you what, unfortunately, <clears throat> we've been lacking for the last 60 years, and that is solid catechetical teachings about the person of Christ and how grace operates in the soul. Terry, and, and some <laughs> other bishops, obviously, they also teach yeah. this Orthodox Church teaching, but the problem with them yeah. is they don't enforce anything. There you go. In other words, yeah. you got you got people that are going objectively to mortal sin, mm-hmm. 
politicians that they know about, yeah. and they, they receive Holy Communion from these bishops. So a lot of other bishops will say exactly what Bishop uh, Strickland is saying in this letter. That's they'll, right. They'll, they'll use the same Bible verses, the same, mm-hmm. but when it comes to enforcing it in yeah. their diocese, they won't do it. Yeah. And that's, that's what sets Bishop Strickland and a few others apart, yeah. uh, is the fact that he's willing to say, you know what, uh, I'm doing this for the sake of you know, Catholic politicians that, that, uh, that, that are voting for, for the culture of death. Uh, you can't receive Holy Communion. He's doing it for their soul. Yeah. And Jesse, let me see. But just yeah. to back up, because what you just said, he calls out President Biden. He calls out Nancy Pelosi. And when you look at the people in the, from the Pope down, when they have if, if situations where Francis goes to, I mean, uh, the uh, President Biden is in Rome going to Mass or Nancy Pelosi, they get to receive Holy Communion. Biden said that the Pope Francis said he's a good Catholic. Now, whether he said that or not, or Biden's, you know, it doesn't surprise me if he wasn't telling the truth. But the point I'm trying to say is church's teaching, he quotes the Code of Canon Law, says a person with conscience of grave sin is not to receive the body of the Lord without sacramental confession. So, you know, he's, he basically is holding on to the what we call the deposit of faith, the teachings of the church, and in that... Because he's doing that and he's openly calling people out for to fidelity, uh, he's being penalized. But just that goes right back to the gospel where people hate him for what he does. I think the gospel today fits Strickland because there are many people inside the church who dislike him because he holds the line on the teachings of the church. That's my take. Yeah. The meat of his, of his letter, today, today's letter, mm-hmm. starts where he starts quoting the Code of Canon Law. That's the meat of it, because he gives Eucharistic theology, that's right. that's cut and paste in the Bible, yeah. cut and paste in the Catechism. But here's where he goes now, his own personal... Uh, Good, let's hear it. Uh, yeah, so here's what he says. Yeah. The 1983 Code of Canon Law states, a person who's conscious of a grave sin is not to receive the body of the Lord without prior sacramental confession unless the grave reason is present, and there's no opportunity of confession. In this case, the person is to be mindful of the obligation to make an act of perfect contrition, including the intention of confessing as soon as possible. This teaching is also found in the Didache, an early Christian document dating from around 70 AD. These documents, written almost 2,000 years apart, highlight the Church's constant understanding of the importance of being aware of our sins and seeking sacramental confession when it is needed. If we intentionally live in a manner which runs contrary to the teachings of the Catholic faith, and we obstinately hold to beliefs that contradict the truth which the Church teaches, we place ourselves in a state of, in a state of grave spiritual That's danger. That's charity. We can, take, we can take comfort that this can be remedied, since God's abundant mercy is always yep. available to us, but we must humbly repent and confess our sins to receive His forgiveness. Jesse, let me, let me just jump in. Is the meat of it. Yeah, Jesse, jump in. what does the gospel say? Repent and believe in the gospel. See, what Bishop Strickland is not giving his personal, he's giving what the church has always taught. If you're objectively in mortal sin, you don't go to a communion. And, and think about... And that's, what he, that's what a bishop's supposed to do. Yes, as he's just doing his duty. And on. And, and, and as, on exactly. the deposit of faith given to us by the apostles. He's doing it faithfully. Other bishops are not doing it as well, Terry. I'm thinking about this one cardinal 
where he's gonna he's gonna be made a cardinal yeah. from Port, a Portuguese yeah. bishop yeah. who's being elevated to cardinal. Yeah. He said that uh, we're not gonna evangelize and, and bring people to the young people to Christ at World Youth Day. We're not gonna bring them to Jesus. Right. That, yeah. That's a betrayal of the deposit of faith. Yeah, it's a contrast right now. Bishop Strickland is holding on to the faith, and he's being punished for that. I get that. And he's willing to embrace that. I get that all. But we need to pray for him. And I want to encourage people to come to Tyler with us on the 2nd of October. We're going to start at 9 a.m. on that Monday morning and pray and make reparation and pray that God will protect him from being removed from Bishop of Tyler. That's why we're going to fly out there. And if you want to support us, whether you can or not, you could be making reparation at home that day. Pray. If we have thousands of people praying for Bishop Strickland, I think that would be a, a wonderful gift to give him, and I think the church needs our prayers for that. So that'll be October 2nd. If you want to give us a little donation to help us with this campaign, call us at 877-526-215 or go online to vmpr.org. When we come back, Jesse, I want to talk about his letter regarding the Senate on synodality because yeah. he speaks quite openly about that. that. That's powerful. Jess Romero on his way to the airport preaching the Word of God, and he just keeps going. Uh, when we come back, as I said, we'll talk about Bishop Strickland's letter. You can get the letter by going to the Diocese of Tyler. It's right on his website. Also, you can go to LifeSite News, and, and they, they have an article there uh, talking about this uh, document. And you can get all the different documents that he's coming. He's going to have seven letters eventually come out. Uh, and re there's a good reason. I bet Jesse could think of it when we come back. Jess might give us a reason. Seven letters. Who wrote seven letters? Yep. All right, you got it. We come back. Uh, we'll have Bishop Strickland's letter explaining why he's concerned about the upcoming Senate of Senadality and much, much more. Jess and I can say it right now. We're too blessed to be stressed. <clears throat> We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber. We'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Uh, we have Jesse on the car on the way to the airport. We're discussing Bishop Strickland's pastoral letter, his third letter, three of, of seven that are coming out, just basically summarizing the Catholic faith. Also, I just want to say that we here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio have a special love for Bishop Strickland because he's part of our programming. If you didn't realize that, I do an interview with him every Tuesday right after the Terry and Jesse show, and you can listen to those on podcasts and get a taste of what he's talking about. Jess, we're going to be talking now about his letter. It brings me to another point he said I would like to discuss. It is likely to be discussed at the upcoming Senate on Synodality. Are you there, brother? Because I can't see you. Yep. Yeah, yep, let's let's yeah, continue to talk yeah. about that, yes. Go ahead. Bishop Strickland says there has been much discussion regarding individuals who self-identify as members of the LGBTQ community who seek to receive Holy Communion. I feel it is important to state the following in this pastoral letter. The church offers love and friendship to all LGBTQ individuals as Christ offers to each one of us. And the church seeks to enable every person to live out the authentic call to holiness yep. that God intends for them. We must be clear, however, that the church cannot offer a person holy communion. We must be clear, yes, Jesse just lost it, uh, a holy communion, if a person is actively engaged in same-sex relationships. Are you there, Jess? Or yeah. if a person... 
Go ahead, Jesse. We lost yeah, you for I a minute. I think I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Or if a person, a person is not living, yeah. is not living as the sex that God formed them to be yeah. at their conception at birth. The church teaches that those who experience feelings of same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria do not sin simply because they have such feelings, but freely acting upon these feelings is sinful and not in accordance with God's design for his children. Great distinction. For those who experience, yeah, for those who experience these feelings, it is indeed a difficult path. So I encourage you to seek the spiritual and emotional support of your parish priest and of the family and of friends of faith who can help you to discern and live out the authentic call to holiness God intends for you. Amen. I would also offer this regardless of who we are. We must always remember that following Jesus means following the way of the cross. It will be difficult, but rest assured, he walks it with us if we ask him. Amen. Additionally, I, w- I want to state clearly that the church has never and will never condone the reception of the Eucharist by a Catholic who persists in an adulterous union. A person must first repent of the sin of adultery and receive sacramental absolution and also have the firm resolution to avoid this sin in the future. In other words, the, the adultery must end for the individual to receive Holy Communion for those who may, who may have been in a previous marriage and have divorced and now seek to remarry. I would urge you to speak to your parish priest so he may advise and assist you in your specific situation. So he's giving sound pastoral. Oh, yeah. Terry, you want to take the next I want to just, before I do that, because I want to point out, Jesse, his advice is what the church has always taught, okay? So it's not like a novelty idea. What's a novelty idea that's not according to the church is chapter 8 of Pope Francis's letter, Amoris Laetitia, who says if a person who's in a second marriage really is, you know, loving God, her and, you know, they're, they're in a good situation. Well, they can't. They're living in an adulterous situation. He's saying that they can receive Holy Communion. So he's putting himself at odds with the vigor of Christ, Pope Francis, which he's the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. And, you know, most guys are going to say, no, I don't want to point that out. Well, he's pointing it out not because he wants to be in conflict with, you know, the Holy Father. It's because it's the truth and that he's willing to go down to say, this is what our church teaches, and if you call me out for that, he's fine, because he understands, Jesse, that he might have to lay his life down for the flock, which he's doing right now, but his reward will be in heaven. So I just want to make that, he's, he's actually pointing out what has always been taught about adultery, and it can't change. So thank you for that. Let's go to the next part. As part of the body of Christ, we must remember that all people are children of God, Christ shed his blood for each and every person. He says that all the time. We love and welcome our non-Catholic brothers and sisters, and we should seek to invite them into the fullness of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church whenever possible. I encourage you to share your faith and invite them to attend Holy Mass with you. Sounds like he's an evangelist. He certainly is. (laughs) And even though they are unable to receive Holy Communion, as part of sharing your faith, I ask that you share with them why the Eucharist is so special. Make them want it, yeah. And why it's reserved only for Catholics who are in the state of grace without mortal sin and who are in full communion with the church. This man, in my opinion, Jesse, is an evangelist. And that, again, in in our church right now is like, hey, you know, let's don't talk like we have a special niche on getting to heaven. We do, and he's willing to do that. That's what I call true charity. Your thoughts? Yeah, the Bishop Strickland is actually exercising mm-hmm. 
his office as yeah, evangelist and prophet. Yeah. When you read St. Paul, he talks about the office of the bishop. Yeah. And he says, first you have teachers. Those are bishops, by the way. Okay. He goes, teachers, prophets, evangelists. Uh, and he goes, he goes and names five different offices. Yeah. Those are all proper to the office of a bishop. A bishop by office is an evangelist, though many of them don't evangelize. Right. A bishop by office is a teacher, a prophet, though many of them don't teach prophetically or uh, uh, the Word of God. Yeah. B bishop Strickland exercises the fivefold office of a bishop that St. Paul talks about. He's a prophet. He's a teacher. He's an evangelist. Wow. And he goes on to say this here. He says this. There's no shortage of great saints who spoke and wrote eloquently about the beauty, power, and spiritual efficacy of the Eucharist. From early church fathers such as St. Justin Martyr and St. Ignatius of Antioch. By the way, he's emulating him in the seven letters. That's right. St. Ignatius of Antioch <laughs> in 107 AD was locked up in Rome in, 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 in prison right before his execution. Yep. He wrote seven letters to the Catholic Church. And uh, there's to different communities, to the, to the Smyrnaeans, to the Laodiceans. Mm -hmm. They were all Catholic Christians uh, at that time. And what he did, he wrote those seven letters prior to his execution. He was eaten alive by lions in the Roman Colosseum. I think Bishop Strickland, he senses his, at least his, his, his demise with, with his office is going to be taken away from him. And that's a death because this man has given his whole life. Yeah. Uh, his whole, even his old body, his old chastity That's right. to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to take this away from him unjustly for doing nothing wrong, this is kind of, Terry, a death that he's experiencing. And Jesse, I'm just going to add the Dodger Stadium event that he did with us by leading us in prayer and reparation. Not only did it touch Catholics, but the rabbi who was there uh, sent me a letter today defending Bishop Strickland. I mean, this is ecumenical, man. This bishop says, having spent little, he says, having some little time I spent with Bishop Strickland, he's obviously a man of great deep faith. While he and I may personally disagree on theological points, I have no question how devout he is. Devout he, is. he prayed at Dodger Stadium was an expression of a man steeped in tradition and whose faith is God is strong. Additionally, I personally admire his courage and stand for his beliefs. Uh, well, he said the other clergy wow. were noticeably silent about the travesty at Dodger Stadium, honoring a group that was anti-religion. Strickland took a stand for all people of faith, even though it made him unpopular with his colleagues. He goes on to write this letter, Jess, and this is my only point is even non-Catholics see the value of this guy. You should send that letter to LifeSite News, Church Militant, and, and okay, get it out there, Terry. I will. All right. Yeah. Continue, Jess. Yeah, we, we got a couple minutes. Bishop Strickland says here, he says, um, there's no shortage of great saints <laughs> spoke and wrote eloquently about the power, beauty, and spiritual efficacy of the Eucharist from the early church fathers, such as Justin Martyr, Ignatius of Antioch, to doctors of the church, such as St. Augustine, St. Thomas Aquinas, to saints of more modern times, such as St. Peter Julian Emmard oh, boy. and Pope St. Pius X. Yes. I encourage all to make a commitment to learn from faithful saints such as these, in order to deepen our love and appreciation of our Eucharistic Lord, who gave us his body, blood, soul, divinity, in a perfect sacrifice for the salvation of the world. And he ends by saying, yeah. the beauty of the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, calls us to an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus Christ, living in presence amongst us. Let us seek a more profound faith that Jesus Christ, who walked amongst us, 
2,000 years ago, remains with us as he promised. The sacraments are Christ amongst us, calling us to live his sacrificial love in all our interactions with other members of his body, the church. May our Lord bless you, and may our blessed mother intercede for you as you continue to grow in faith, hope, and charity. Remaining your humble father and servant, most reverend Joseph Strickland, Bishop of Tyler, Texas. Now, does, Jesse, does that sound like a bishop that needs to be removed? I mean, are you kidding me? This, this is really right when, when the gospel that you read at the beginning of the show from Luke chapter 6, <clears throat> blessed are you when people hate you, they will exalt you and insult you and denounce your name as evil. I, I see people inside the church. I'm reading letters from people who say, it's about time to get rid of that guy. He's too traditional. He's this, he's that. He's hurting the church. And it's what Bishop, it's what Father Bill Casey said, the most merciless thing someone can do is let someone wallow in their sin. And that's when we are quiet about it. We don't want to offend somebody who's an active homosexual. Strickland says, no, I love you so much that I'm going to give you the truth that will set you free in Jesus Christ. That's the kind of bishop we need in the church today. That's my take, Jess, and I really appreciate his letters and the letters that are continue to come out. We'll probably just put them on our website because, again, Jesse, we've been in a very uh, very important position here at VMPR. We have a, a weekly show with Bishop Strickland, and I'll just suggest that if he does get removed, we're going to have him on every day here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio because we want a bishop like him who will teach, govern, and sanctify. That's my take on that, Jess. Final words, Jess, Very, before we yeah, break? Uh, Hit it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I know cloning is illegal in the Catholic Church. <laughs> it's one of those sins. That, it's a non-negotiable. That's right. I get it. Oh, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> if cloning was legal. That's funny. Uh, that, yeah. This man's DNA should be cloned to about 10,000 uh, 10, times because we need an army of priests and bishops just like this man. And, Jesse, if I was a cardinal voting at the next conclave, he'd get my vote. It won't happen. Yeah. Trust Pope, me. Yeah, Pope Strickland. Yeah, yeah. that would be exactly. <laughs> but we're. But yep. you know what, Jesse? The only bottom line is what he gives me is he inspires me to be a faithful servant of the Lord. That's what we all called to be. Because you know what, life is short. Well, Terry, Eternity. you know what? If, yes. If the sin of the synodality is allowing lay people to vote, maybe uh, the next conclave should allow lay people to vote, and the world would vote for Bishop Strickland for the next. Absolutely. Vote. When we when we come back, folks. We're going to talk about a Nobel winner refutes climate change narrative, points out the ignored factor. Wait till you hear what that is. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess is almost at the airport. He's uh, flying to another city to preach the gospel. We're going to get into another topic, but I want to leave you. Uh, we talked about Bishop Strickland's pastoral letter. You can get it by going to his website at um, the Diocese of Tyler. But one of his tweets says it all today, and I'll just end it with this. He said, your, he quotes Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 12, Jesse. He says, your love must be sincere. I think that's what he is. That letter was a sincere letter of love. Detest what is evil, cling to what is good, love one another with the affection of brothers. Do not grow slack, but be fervent in the spirit. He whom you serve is the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient under trial, and persevere in prayer. I thought that him quoting that, that must have been very consoling, and consoling to me too, 
Because when you preach the gospel today, you're not going to be patted on the back and say, oh, yeah, that a boy, Jess, that a boy, Terry, Bishop Strickland, keep doing it. You're going to get pushback. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, hey, Terry, let's, by the way, yeah. I'm on a, I'm, I'm on a mission to uh, yeah. continue good relationships with VMPR radio and other radio networks. Good. I'm flying over to Canton, Ohio. Good. Oh, and oh, yes. Uh, to Living Bread Radio. They're great yeah, people. I'm going to be. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to be speaking at Living Bread Radio at a fundraiser. So good. I'm good, going to yes. be maintaining our connection. Oh yeah, we have to. VMPR. We're all in, in it they, carry, they carry our program. Thank you. Thank and you, so, Jesse. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That, that's all. So I'm on a mission for VMPR. Absolutely, so, you are. And yeah. Jesse, you got you know you're crossing the country every weekend preaching the gospel. So God bless you for that. Jess, let's talk about this Nobel winner refuting climate change narrative. He's pointing out. Uh, an, an ignored factor. His, you want to tell us his name, John Clauser? Yeah, John Clauser, a Nobel Prize laureate. Yeah. Uh, he's challenged the prevailing climate models, which he says have ignored a key variable. Yeah. And here's what's interesting, Terry. <clears throat> Everything that the left teaches, they destroy or they distort. You got people like Al Gore and, and AOC saying... Yes. The world is going to end in yeah. 10 years that we don't do this, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And so you have all the, a lot of these false prophets, these liars that are, that are politicians uh, in the Democrat Party that continue to, to fear monger and tell people that if we don't do this, this, that, and the other, that the world is going to end in 10 years. Well, this guy, Terry, this is a guy, a scientist, who spent his whole life on climatology, right. and this is an expert in the field. Here's some of the things that the article says about Nobel Prize laureate John Clauser. He's recently been in the spotlight for challenging prevailing climate models, which he said have ignored a key variable. Uh, he's the recipient of the 2022 Nobel Prize laureate in physics yeah. for his contributions to quantum mechanics. He holds degrees from Caltech and Columbia University. Wow. He served in roles at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory and the University of California, Berkeley. In 2010, he was honored with a portion of the, of the Wolf Prize in physics. And recently, Mr. Clauser joined another Nobel laureate and more than 1,600 scientists. Yeah, that's a lot. In signing the World Climate Declaration, WCD, organized by Climate Intelligence. This declaration of 1,600 scientists asserts that there's no climate emergency wow that climate change science isn't conclusive and that the earth's history over thousands of years shows a consistently changing climate well i thank god terry for these honest these 1600 honest scientists because if not all we would hear is paid propagandists like el gore aoc and others like her ilk jesse just to jump in on this one because we know from previous articles on this topic that if you were a scientist wanting to do research on climate change, uh, if you had a position like this, Mr. Klosser, saying that, hey, no, that's, this isn't true, then you would not get funding. <clears throat> the government only funded people who had a position that <clears throat> there is global warming. So that in itself shows you what they want. In other words... You, you're willing to do yes, the research. Make sure your research shows that there's climate change, because if you're not, yes. we're not giving you any money. Oh, well, 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 Doug, now yes. you're telling me. Yes. 
Exactly. If you want to get funded, yeah. you make sure the research has to be yep. woke and left and exactly. supports with the Democrat agenda. Exactly. Or you're not going to get you're not going to get funding for your research. That's how it and works. That's how they starve these scientists. Mm-hmm. That's how they pay these scientists with PhD yep. to say what they want them to say. You want government funding for this, ex, uh, you know, yep. this experiment. Yep. Okay, your conclusions better re- say this. Exactly. Or you're not going to get funded. That's how it works. It, uh, here's a yeah. Another part of the article says, referring to former Vice President Al Gore's film, "An Inconvenient Truth," <laughs> Mr. Klauser said, "Mr. Gore insists on talking about a cloud-free Earth." According to Mr. Klauser, the scientist, Nobel laureate, this cloudless portrayal of the Earth reflects the approach taken by many in the climate science community. He said, Mr. Klauser, the Nobel laureate, said, that's a totally artificial Earth. It's a totally artificial case for using a model, and this is pretty much what the the left and others are using to promote a cloud-free Earth. Wow. Mr. Klauser pointed out that satellite images consistently show wide variances in cloud cover, which can span anywhere from 5 to 95% of the Earth's surface. He says, the cloud cover fraction fluctuates quite dramatically on daily, weekly timescales. We call this weather. Yeah, really. You can't have weather. <laughs> says, you can't have weather without having clouds. And guess what? The left wants to have a cloudless sky. Oh my he says, this, this Nobel laureate says, you can't have weather without clouds. He says, clouds play a significant role in regulating Makes the Earth's sense. temperature, yep. serving as a cloud sunlight reflectivity and thermostat that controls the climate, controls the temperature of the Earth, and stabilizes it very powerfully and very dramatically, Makes sense. according to Dr. Klauser, the Nobel laureate. Yep. He says, because they make up two-thirds of the Earth's surface, oceans are instrumental in cloud formation. Yeah, evaporation. He says, m- yeah, minimal clouds result in heightened sunlight exposure to the ocean, triggering increased evaporation and subsequent cloud formation, resulting in more clouds. Yep. Abundant clouds reduces the sunlight thus curbing evaporation rates and cloud formation, resulting in fewer clouds, according to Mr. Klauser. He says, this balance acts like a natural thermostat (laughs) for the Earth's temperature. You think God didn't know what he was doing? I know, I'm laughing. You see see how much order there is? Yeah, God put this this order with clouds, water, evaporation, the way clouds would cover sunlight so we don't burn to death. Exactly. This is all the hand of God. Exactly. You've got knuckleheads like Al Gore and AOC that want to get rid of the clouds, Terry. I know. It's laughable. It's just, I'm sorry, it's laughable. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. He says, Mr. Klauser contends that this thermostat mechanism has a vastly greater influence on Earth's temperature than the effect of CO2 or, CO2 or methane. He presented to the Epoch Times preliminary calculations that suggest that the effect of this cloud reflectivity mechanism might overshadow CO2's influence by 100 or even 200 times. Uh, Down two more paragraphs. Mr. Klauser also says clouds are integral to weather dynamics. Yet current climate models from the left, whose authors admit up front that their models cannot predict weather, have been wielded to foretell drastic climactic shifts 
including climate crisis apocalypse. Here's the last thing that he says here, there are a couple of things. Mr. Klauser observed that the drive to address human-induced climate change is increasingly shaping political agendas. Of course. And influencing the strategic direction of entire nations. Yep. Have you heard of the World Economic Forum? Exactly. The whole world is doing all of this. A lot of pressure is actually coming from Europe, yep. World Economic Forum. All of these various world conferences speculating that much of this might have its roots in Mr. Gore's An Inconvenient Truth, which he feels has incorporated here. Dr. Clausen <clears throat> said that Gore has incorporated inaccurate science. He says Mr. Gore's film claims that humanity is triggering a dire climate crisis that necessitates global action. But Mr. Clauser, the, the scientist, Nobel laureate, said that climate change is actually very dishonest information from Mr. Gore yep. that has been presented by various politicians. And he pinpointed a 2013 Physics Today article uh, by two other scientists as pivotal in shaping the narrative, especially during the period when global warming was being rebranded as climate change. He said the reason that was given was, well, because it's really more than just warming, he said. The article champions a U.S. climate extreme index claiming that anthropogenic climate change led to a significant increase in extreme weather events over the three decades ending in 2012. He said, this is my opinion. Yeah. It's a rather egregious <laughs> breach of dishonesty by the U.S. government. Yep. Well, he said that our government is dishonest by promoting this. That's right. And then he ends by saying, this worry about CO2, the worry about methane, the worry about global warming is all a total fabrication yep. by shock journalists and dishonest politicians. Thank you. Thank God for this yeah. Nobel laureate and 1,600 scientists that are speaking common sense or speaking truth to power. What a, what a man. You know, Jesse, here in California, we're out of our drought. And I'm seeing uh, all this water going down the reservoirs. And I met a gentleman who works for the Water and Power and I asked him, why aren't we saving that water? He says, oh, we don't want to do that. 90% of the rainwater, we let it go out to the ocean. We don't want to, you know, spend the money hanging on to the water. It's not, you know, it's not what we need to do. And uh, so the point I'm trying to say is all these years they haven't built more reservoirs. If it was common sense, we would do it. We would save the water. But it just shows, again, I think there's an agenda, Jesse, and I call it a population uh, group who wants fewer people, so therefore we can't keep that water. We can't. We got to talk about getting rid of our, our footprints. You know, don't have too many children because that's going to hurt the earth. You know, we got a mother earth. They're worshiping the wrong god, and they're not. Well, they're worshiping Mother Nature rather than Jesus Christ. And so, I appreciate this scientist doing that because it really shows again the agenda is really a woke agenda. Jess, I hear the music. What state? Should, right. What state yep. should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Get holy or die trying. Amen. every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Yep. Do the daily Mass reading. Uh, add penance and, uh, and, and, uh, and fasting to your interior spiritual life. And live in a state of grace by going to profession at least once a month. Exactly. That's great advice, Jess. Have a safe trip. Great advice for Jess Romero on uh, being a holy, being living a holy life. And remember Our Lady of Fatima. And we're praying right now for our, our America's bishop, Bishop Strickland, that he will stay a bishop of Tyler. But remember our lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. If you can't join us on October 2nd, pray and make sacrifices. That church will keep Bishop Strickland in Tyler. 
through your prayers and sacrifices. If you want to join us, we'll be there October 2nd. I want to thank those who are supporting us financially. If you want to make a needed donation right now, call us at 877-526-2151. May God richly bless you. Up next, Matt Arnold.